welcome to the Why Invest podcast with me, Doug Barnett, Portfolio Manager at Waverton. My guest this week is Tanya Tracy. Tanya is the CEO of the charity GAIN, which stands for Girls Are Investors. Now, GAIN's main purpose is to inspire young women to pursue a career in investing. And through their network of industry volunteers, they hold talks and run career support opportunities. That's a charity that we wholeheartedly support here at Waverton. In this episode, we discuss Tanya's early career in finance. We also go into detail on the purpose of gain, the challenges that they're solving, and the long-term future. For more information on the work they do or to get involved, head to their website at gainuk.org. But without further ado, this is the Why Invest podcast. Tanya Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Now, Tanya, I want to start with your background. Where did you study and how did you start your career? Right. Yes, I studied at UCL and actually I didn't have a financial background at all. I did a degree in German and European studies. I had a great time at university and had really no real inkling of going into finance at all. A lot of my friends were going into it, though, so I heard a lot about it. And, you know, just through osmosis, I guess, just understanding, I got a sort of real buzz from the city and knew it was somewhere I wanted to work. I didn't get in on the graduate program. I didn't apply to the graduate program because I didn't think I would be able to get in on my degree. So I actually went in sort of as an assistant on the equity syndicate desk at JP Morgan. And really, it just sort of grew from there. And my career evolved at JP Morgan over 12 years. And as the equities business was growing, so you know the opportunities grew. So I spent the first major part of my career at JP Morgan. And while I was there, I had three children and then left after my third. Do you look back fondly on your time at JP Morgan? Was it an enjoyable start to your career? It was an enjoyable start, especially when you're young and single. I was on the trading floor. It was great fun. You worked really hard, but you played pretty hard as well. And um, so I learned a lot. You know, I mean, the trading floor environment was quite a shock to the system as you come out of a graduate out of university, but toughened you up quite quickly and you learned not to take things too personally and there were very high standards and you needed to be super organized and be on it that was really key so I it was a sort of baptism of fire if you like but you learned quickly and it was great fun I really did enjoy it yes and were there any experiences early on in your career that have sort of shaped you today and potentially sort of looking back at that time at JP? Yeah, I had, um, you know, over the time, I had a fair few different managers, I guess, and I learned a lot about what it meant to be a good manager. Um, and that's really stood me in good stead later on in my career. I also learned pretty early on that never to come with a problem only. If you were going to uh, come to your manager with a problem only, they wouldn't be very receptive. So you came with a problem and a solution. That was a really good lesson as well. So I think I learned that you work hard, but there's rewards at the end of it if you if you do work hard. And there's lots of different opportunities out there, and it's up to you to go out and grab them. Yeah, I want to bring us up today, and I want to introduce your charity, of which you're the chief executive of, Girls Are Investors. But before I do, I wonder what drew you to the, the charity sector in the first place, and then what drew you to Girls Are Investors specifically? So in sort of the latter parts of my career on the sell side, I got involved a lot in sort of corporate social responsibility and diversity inclusion initiatives in addition to my day job. And it was something that I, I really, really enjoyed. I've also got two teenage daughters. And so when the role at Gain came about, it really resonated with me on a couple of levels, on a personal level, but also on a, on a career level, because it was something that 
I had experience of working in finance and, you know, being in a very male dominated environment. But also I could see the same challenges happening for my daughters and what they were seeing at school. So really gain was the perfect job at the perfect time for me. And I was very lucky to be appointed by the uh, trustees and co-founders of GAIN. Okay, great. Well, let's let's introduce GAIN. What does GAIN do and what are its areas of focus? So GAIN is a UK charity and it's got a mission to increase the number of young women applying to roles within investment management specifically, so the buy side. And really, GAIN was set up by four co-founders, all women in the industry, female investors, who recognised that there simply weren't enough women applying at the graduate level. And they saw that in their own day jobs as well, but also when they were speaking to their peers. The level is about 20% of all graduate applicants are from female applicants. And clearly that has got to change if we're going to get to the gender equality that we need to see in the industry. So there's two problems at the moment. There is both the, the current number of female fund managers in the industry, which is about 10%, and that really hasn't changed in the last few years. But there's also the problem of not enough young women applying to the industry. So with the pipeline as well is, is an issue. So GAIN is specifically been set up to address that pipeline. So we go into schools and universities and educate young women about what a career in investment management looks like. And frankly, most young women or school students generally have not heard what of investment management, often confuse it with investment banking, and simply just don't think it's an option for them because they don't they rarely see any female role models from the industry. So they're not seeing women in the industry come and talk to them at school careers events about finance. They're seeing a lot of men do that. And if they can't see somebody who looks like them, it's less likely that they will apply to that industry. And also what we're seeing is that a lot of young women believe they have to be studying finance and maths at university in order to get into it. And that's simply not the case either. So it's all about busting a lot of myths, educating them, inspiring them with female role models and also giving them the opportunities. So, you know, we get a lot of young women say, well, this is great. I love the sound of this career, but I'm applying direct and I'm not getting anywhere. So we set up an internship program as well, just so that um, there was an opportunity for them to get that really valuable internship experience, which they need in order to get a graduate position. Well, I think that science and maths kind of resonates because some of the best fund managers I know didn't do maths or science, they did English or, or history. The skill set there is trying to whittle down large areas of research and trying to whittle it down to the most important facts. So I want to turn then and focus more on what you're actually doing at these sort of open days and, you know, how do you in practice reach out to these young girls? Yeah. Um, So we start typically from year 10, so age 15, and go up from there. Uh, The first interaction is normally a school talk where we um, do a talk to the whole year group, and that's delivered by one of our volunteers. We've got about 1,300 volunteers um, signed up from the industry, and that's mostly women, but there's more and more men joining that as well. That volunteer will then speak about what investment management is, you know, what their career has looked like, and answer any questions. That's the initial contact generally. From then on, uh, we run insight days with firms, so bringing groups of students into London, or we're actually seeing this rolling out across the whole country in Scotland and Yorkshire as well to give them a flavour of what it's like to work in an investment management firm and they can get some experience themselves to add to their CV. That's typically run for sixth form students. And then we also have just launched a competition, an investment challenge, which is for school teams to compete against each other 
to deliver a, a stock pitch, which is then judged by our team of judges. When they get to university, uh, we run various programs. Uh, we run uh, the Insight program, which is for first year undergraduates and second year on a four year course. And that's a 12 week introduction to investment. You're allocated a mentor, one on one mentor. You do a virtual portfolio competition. You learn how to build a stock pitch. And over the course of those 12 weeks, we explore all sorts of topics and themes around the investment space. At the end of that, there's two insight days with a firm and you deliver your stock pitch to the investment team and they give you feedback in real time. And then the big one is the internship program, which I've mentioned already. That's, that's something that we launched in 2021. We had 25 interns go through on that first one. In 22, last year, we had 90 interns. And this year, we're going to have about 150, I think. We're just finalizing the offers at the moment. Because that's over 100 investment firms taking part. So we're seeing real increase in numbers on that. And really pleasingly, with the internship program, we're seeing just under 50% of the interns who go through are either made a full-time offer with the firm they're interning with or with another investment firm. So if we continue to make those sort of hit those sort of numbers year on year with the increase in available places, then we are going to make a real difference in terms of the number of young women joining the industry. And so how do you allocate your time? Because there are kind of two sides to this. There's obviously education of the women and girls at school and university level. But then presumably there's a good degree of reaching out to companies themselves. And I wonder where your balance lies. I mean, do you spend more time knocking on doors or, or more time sort of teaching, as it were? So my role specifically, I sort of have a overarching role, but then I look after all the funding. So the corporate sponsorship, we're 90% funded by corporate sponsorship. So I'm speaking to a lot of companies all the time and our volunteers and really reaching out on that side. We have on the team a lady who joined us last year who manages all the education partnerships, so schools, universities, and all the student engagement as well. And she joined us from Teach First last year. So what we're specifically focusing on this year is really rolling out the gain offering to schools across England and Wales. So we're not just London Southeast focused, but we're reaching out to as many schools as possible across the country. So leveraging her network that she has um, in the Midlands and the north of England. So that's a big focus for us going forward. I mean, there must be an angle here on, on neurodiversity, because I think, you know, particularly if you're looking, let's just focus only on investment teams, so investment decision makers. If you're working in an investment team, there is a huge amount of evidence to suggest that these teams work better when there is neurodiversity across them. So, you know, they are people from differing backgrounds, not only genders, but also um, socio and ethnic backgrounds. Is there any ways you can test this? Have you done work in, in trying to test this and prove this out to said companies? Because, you know, that would obviously be very, very powerful. We haven't done any work on testing it, I have to be honest, but, you know, our network is very diverse. So it's obviously all female or non-binary, but it's ethnically very diverse as well, like over 75% from different ethnic backgrounds other than white British and Irish. And it's also, there's a lot of different uh, backgrounds in terms of um, school backgrounds. So over 75% are from state school or they're on bursary support at private schools. So we can look at those demographics. And certainly when we're speaking to companies, they're not just interested in gender. You know, gender is really important, but they want to see you meeting lots of different statistics. So social mobility is a really important one. Different backgrounds and different ethnicities and nationalities as well is really important. So we're sort of hitting a number of boxes in that regard. 
I see. And I want to go back to sort of examples. You say that 50% of your interns have received jobs. Is this across investment management and mm-hmm. within the investment management space? And do you find, are there any trends that you can draw out in, in terms of the kind of roles that they're going into? So in terms of kind of roles, Gain is very focused on the investment decision-making roles. So we are uh-huh. specifically focused on recruiting people into investment teams Having said that, there are obviously people who join other different roles within investment management, within sales and marketing and business development, uh, investor relations, for example. But the main focus of gain and the internship is getting some experience on within the investment team. So, yes, I think it, that's the main area. In terms of the different companies that we have in within our network, I would say in, as regards to the internship program, about a quarter of the places are with private equity or VC firms. And, and then the rest is spread across hedge funds, asset managers, allocators, and wealth managers. And to me, I mean, going back to that point on building teams and building diverse teams, you must be pushing on an open door here with the corporates that you're dealing with or the various investment management firms that you're dealing with. And maybe this is a hard question. I apologize, Tanya, but what's the sort of hard part of running this charity? What are the sort of pinch points? Is it in trying to find corporates who are up for it? Is it trying to reach out to the schools? Is it funding? Where's the difficult part of it? So you're right. We are pushing on an open door with the corporates. They are really on board with this. And they it's something they've been grappling with for quite a while in terms of reaching out to students and getting more young women to apply. So it's great industry engagement. So that that is sort of not the easy part, but the easier part. I would say the harder part is the schools piece. Schools are notoriously time poor. And even though what we're offering is a free talk, you know, we arrange everything for them. Uh, it's literally, they just have to provide a date and a time and get the students in a room. It's still very challenging to get into some schools. They just simply just don't have the bandwidth to do a lot of these things. So um, it's all about nurturing those relationships, getting personal introductions, uh, using the network, for example, from my colleague from her past life and uh, making sure that we are getting out to as many schools as possible and trying to make it fun, you know, which is why we introduced the competition and the investment challenge so that they could win money for the school and some money for themselves as well. So, you know, there's sort of added bonus. But The school's piece is the hardest piece and it's the most crucial because we need to get in early. We need to change minds and beliefs early on so that when they get to university, they're joining the investment society, they're joining the finance society, even if they're not doing anything as a related degree. And they're in the loop. You know, it starts very early now. You know, you apply in your first year for insight programs. And it's not like you have a first year where you just sort of get used to being at university the sort of the career journey starts pretty quickly. So and in their first term, so they've got to be aware that that's what they've got to do in order to sort of be on the cycle. And then the insight program leads to the internship program, which leads to the graduate program. So it's something that they need to be aware of early on. Going back to role models, I mean, who do you have in terms of, so you clearly have, you know, your full-time employees, and then you have your broader volunteer network. I think you said it was 1,300 mm. volunteers. I wonder who else you're reaching out to. And what kind of people are you looking for? Well, with the GAIN volunteer network, is everybody from just joining the industry to CEO, CIO level across all asset classes and areas of investment. So private markets, public markets, you name it, everything. So really, we're looking for 
anybody who's interested in giving back and encouraging the next generation to come through, that's we've had very long-standing volunteers who volunteer in lots of different ways. And you don't have to be part of the investment team to volunteer. We've got lots of volunteers who are working in different roles within investment and quite a few on the HR side as well, because we do a lot of things around CV skills clinics, interview skills workshops, you know, preparing for assessments, all of that and support that we provide to the students, which a lot of the HR professionals help us deliver through the network. So it really is, it's a broad church and we encourage more and more to get involved. And as I said earlier, we do really encourage men to get involved as well. I would say about half of our mentors are men for the internship program. And it's really important that young women are seeing men supporting gender diversity as well as women. And it's not just women talking to women about it. So now I want to turn to the future. You know, what does the future hold for GAIN? Do you set long-term targets? Is it too binary to set long-term targets? You've given me a couple of statistics. 10% of fund managers are female. I think it was 20% of applicants are female. You know, where do you want those statistics to lie eventually? Well, clearly, we'd like to get them to the 50-50. 50-50, I was going to say. The aim is to get to 50-50. Mm-hmm. So we're at about 20%, maybe just over at the moment, in terms of applicants at the graduate level being female. So clearly, the 50-50 is the goal. That's not totally within our control. That's uh, mm-hmm. you know at a control at a firm level as well. But you know if we keep going with the internship programme, and increasing the numbers going through into the industry through that, then we will be making a significant difference there. In terms of the other measurements we make, we look at the number of students we reach, and the aim is to reach the minimum 10,000 students per year by 2025. So we're about 7,000 a year at the moment. So we're on track to do that with all the different Mm -hmm. content offerings that we have now. So yes, it's to reach more students and to encourage applications. I mean, not everybody is going to want to join the industry, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's making them aware and and they may go into a different area and then revisit investment management later on. So it's important just to get the message out there that it exists as a career because most young people don't seem to know that. I normally on this podcast ask our guests advice that they would give to our younger listeners. And I wonder if I could focus on this. First of all, what advice would you give to our sort of school age leavers? What advice would you give to them and the skills that they need to equip themselves to be successful in investment management? I think be curious, be learning all the time, be developing your skill sets in terms of, you know, if you're not going to go down a finance and maths route, then consider running your own virtual portfolio or do something that demonstrates that you have a curiosity and interest in investment management. You know, obviously getting involved in our events, attending our events, getting involved in our programs, that's all really going to help you. The other thing to mention is that sometimes young women seem to lack confidence in their abilities. Be more confident, equip yourself. You know, if you feel that you're, there's some area, some skill set that you need to improve, then find a way to do that. Reach out to people. You know, you might not be able to get official one-on-one mentoring, but you may be able to get some advice from friends or parents mm-hmm. or anything who might be in the industry who'd be able to help you. And then obviously, you know, sign up to the GAIN newsletter. We have a student newsletter. You sign up to that. It's a fortnightly newsletter that will come out to you. You can do that via the website and that will loop you into all the events and everything that we're running so that you can apply And if you're in a penultimate year at university, final year or beyond, 
then you're eligible to apply to our internship program. And that will happen in autumn. The applications will open in September. And so please do that as well. And I wonder, do you have a sort of reading list or, or books that you recommend that are sort of must reads yeah. before entering the industry? Yeah, on our website, there's a resources section and there's a full list of book recommendations, podcast recommendations. All of that is on there. We also have all the recordings from our previous events so that you can go through and search by topic area and see what it is you might be interested in. You can listen to all of those recordings. And really, that's the sort of the go to bit you know, and tips around interviews, you know, what to include on your CVs, things like that. That's all on the resources section. So do go and have a look there. Well, I would recommend all of our listeners to do that at gainuk.org. Tanya Tracy, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Douglas. Thank you for listening to the Why Invest podcast with me, Doug Barnett, Portfolio Manager at Waverton, and our guest this week, Tanya Tracy. If you've enjoyed this episode or indeed the series, why not like us, subscribe, and let your friends and colleagues know. The information provided during this podcast does not constitute investment advice and should not be relied on as such. It should not be considered a solicitation to buy or an offer to sell a security.